0: Welcome to the Hobos Collective. I am the Blue Wizard, and with me as always is my co-host,
1: Zogar the, the Barbarian.
0: And today we have some special guests with us. Jason Vay, owner of Lair Games, is here to talk to us about his new project, Wasted Lands, The Dreaming Age. And Crab Dominion, they're here to talk about memory and adventure for mothership. Ooh,
1: some exciting things going on though I, 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 Jason was on the Wobblies and Crab was as well, both on the on the Wobblies and, and Wizards a podcast. Uh, if you want to go back, I'll, I'll I'll try to make sure that in the post we put up for this week's episode that we link back to some previous uh, interviews and, and discussions we had, so you can maybe catch up on things you might not be aware of. Uh, but you all both have done some other things in the past. Is, is that correct?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I've I've been working in the industry for about. 24 years now um i've started with palladium books back in the day uh i did several source books with eden studios for the all flesh must be eaten line did some work on their buffy the vampire slayer game um and uh, i'm since about 2008 i've been working with troll lord games i'm a staff writer over there and i'm the sole author currently on the amazing adventures role-playing game line so and then i have my own company elf Lair games which we have released night shift veterans of the supernatural wars and this game will be a follow-up
3: yeah i'm uh back again real quick i think the last time we chatted was uh barely uh like six months ago if even so um i'm i'm really happy to be back here i was chatting about the the devil game last time and uh this time i'm here to tell you all about memory uh which is we just keep getting better and better over here at crab dominion so <laughs>
1: well i want to talk about mary but first before we go too far we need to i want to i want to talk about our sponsor because we get a sponsor uh every episode we have a sponsor here th- for this show now and and it's brooklet games we're big fans of brooklet games you should have it over to brookletgames.com for awesome adventures to bring to your table climb through a rotting great tree to stop a terrible blight in arbon in the rot dragon Dive into a gargantuan pirate-filled whirlpool in Vortex Isles. Sneak and fight your way through a cultist-infested city generated at the generated at the table and escape the city. Get all these adventures and more over at brookletgames.com and you can find a link in today's post. Now, uh what can you tell us about Memory? This is a uh, for Mothership, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's an adventure
3: for Mothership um that started after i watched a documentary about the making of the movie alien which is serendipitous obviously mothership is
2: pretty much entirely based on alien (laughs) so
3: it was kind of it was kind of cool um
2: is that the uh the documentary on shutter it's like memory it's called amazing documentary yeah absolutely really
3: really great um yeah and they i mean they you know they really dive deep into what inspired alien at the screenwriting phase um, and so this adventure is based on the original idea for alien that never was, which is a planet that makes you lose your memory. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great fit for mothership. And, uh, it's a, I mean, it's exactly the kind of stuff that I like to write horrifying, weird stuff. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I was unaware of this documentary and this original idea for alien. This is new to me. I, I, that, that's kind of cool. I love it. I love the alien movies and I'm a big fan of Mothership. In-, in fact, we've been trying to run a Mothership campaign. We've canceled a couple weeks because it's been <laughs> but we've been running it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this documentary, I like I would highly recommend it if you're looking for somewhere to mine inspiration. I've got uh Memory is the first in a new line called the Inspired Classics, which is uh I watch a movie and then it's such a good movie that I have to write uh, an adventure or something based on it. So Memory is, is based on the original screenplay. And then the next one, which is called Jupiter, um, is based on a comic book that inspired like an old comic book, Weird Science Volume 8, that oh. inspired uh, Alien as well, which is about somebody who eats like these seeds that fell out of space and basically they do an alien in this comic book. It like rips out of the person's chest and wreaks havoc. Um, and so I'm, I'm really excited for both of these. And they both just came straight out of this, uh, this alien documentary.
2: So I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually not familiar with mothership at all. What can you tell me about that game?
3: Uh, yeah. Mothership is a, it's a D 100 uh, OSR NSR game that uh, is really focused on super quick character creation very, like, punishing and deadly combat. Um, and then there's some... I, I'm waiting on... First edition just wrapped up, I think, the Kickstarter uh, a few months ago. So I'm waiting on getting the um, the full, completely developed version of the game. But um, the zeroth edition, I guess you could call it, um, is a lot of fun. And it's one of those games that, like, if I have a session planned and everybody's over, but somebody had to cancel last minute... I'll just bust out Mothership.
1: Nice. I'm a fan of it because what what seems to be happening with Mothership is there's a, a whole the whole zine scene of games seems to be kind of an explosion. It's one of kind of a, a one of the big tentpole games that's getting a lot of independent creators putting out little zines and adventures and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of folks are putting out stuff, it's their first time they put something else and they're putting it out itch and stuff like that. So it's a great game for folks to kind of like dabble in putting their stuff out. And it's as well as there's some really Wonderful experienced designers and writers who have been putting, putting out some great adventures that have been cranking some stuff out for it as well. So it's got a very open license. So it's got a wide diversity of different adventures that are available for it. So unlike D D, where it's kind of kind of like uh, you know, fantasy, it's it's it is inspired <laughs> like by mother by uh what is it, alien? It's, well and, sci-fi, yeah. Sci-fi it's, it's sci-fi you know.
0: horror, I would say pretty much.
1: And some people take it in different direction. Don Strahd is taking the mothership chassis of the game, and, and he's making sort of a, his own spin on fantasy, which is very far from elves and dwarves and Tolkien. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty interesting. It's
3: like dark religious fantasy. I'm so excited <laughs> for Ruination Pilgrimage. <laughs> That's it's going to be a, such a cool game.
1: Okay. So what what else can you tell us about memory? Because it, it, it sounds interesting. There's a really cool video that you have out, a neat little video you have out that kind of can people can look at, and we'll try to link uh, or plug that in here
3: yeah yeah it's um it's on the it's on the kickstarter page um and it i've been sharing it all over my socials um shout out to dsr adam on tiktok for doing the voiceover in that video but yeah i kind of had this idea that was like because you know role-playing games are a little bit unique compared to like video games or or something like that where you can really kind of do whatever you can imagine you know every everything is possible so I, this adventure started with me being like, how terrifying would it be for you to sit down at the gaming table and your, you know, your referee, your game master just says, okay, uh, you wake up on a ship, you have no idea what you're doing there, and there are alarms going off, and the ship's about to explode. Like, do you, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, you know, these these, like, big like swinging kickoff that's just going to be super memorable. That's where the adventure starts. And then um, I don't want to give too much away. You're going to have to read the book in order to know what happens. But as you kind of explore this planet, you know, you get, on the one hand, you get to learn about this entirely different race of aliens that are uh, xenocultists. They're like obsessed with the, um, like, they're obsessed with this magic, which is actually just, you know, interstellar, interdimensional Uh, travel and creatures and whatever so you get to learn about them but then you also get to figure out what the hell is going on with that because you've just woken up here you have no idea where you are you have no idea what's happening and I my hope is and I think we've done it uh, that the um, the twist in this one is going to be is going to be pretty memorable and pretty meaningful and uh, it's it's hopefully going to break some brains when you when you figure out what's actually going on
1: that's exciting. Now, I, one last question about yeah. about memory, real quick is I'm always curious about like what format are you looking to put this out in? Uh, is are we talking a zine, are we talking a hardcover book, are we talking digital? Like, what are we looking at here?
3: Well, so it's um, it's a little guy. It's probably gonna be thirty pages or so. Um, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it fully printed. We've also got on the Kickstarter page. It'll probably end up being an exclusive. We've got a limited edition white cover variant that has like a silver foil title oh, nice. and, um, and some really like really great art. The nice thing about doing a Kickstarter is I get to work with a real artist zach hazard Vopen um to get just some weird you know weird stuff that matches the weird text uh, weird, good weird <laughs> art uh, which i'm super excited for
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna totally change the topic today i've been reading about snakes and ladders <laughs> <laughs> And now for something completely different. And now for something exactly completely different. Thank you. I, you know what? <laughs> I was thinking about naming a segment on the show. And now for something completely different. <laughs> and you did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I got this book. It's it's uh it's really neat. And uh and and I wanted to uh kind of talk about some of the stuff that I was finding in there because I, I think a lot of us are familiar with Milton Bradley's Chutes and Ladders, which is owned by Hasbro yeah. at this point. Yeah, right? yeah. Of course and it is. is. <laughs> this game's been around for like five thousand years. Did you know that?
2: Yes, I did, and I and I knew about the original Snakes and Ladders version of it too. Yeah.
1: So there's some there's some interesting things about it. So uh, originally. Uh, there were some earlier versions. Um, I'm going to try to I'm going to try not to butcher this because because it comes out of a lot of different uh, cultures. Like there was there's an Egyptian version. There's an Indian version stuff like that. Mashka Padamu. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And uh, it's like sort of a mystical race game. You're supposed to reach nirvana or heaven. And then there there are there are there are downfall snakes that are that represent like twelve there are twelve different snakes on these boards that are that come out that are representative of twelve sins and then the ladders are like virtues so it's kind of like it, there was originally a use. To uh to teach these sins and virtues when the game came out, so this this interesting religious element to it that I was not aware of.
3: Yeah, I was looking at it on uh, Wikipedia last night, and I have to say the uh, morality tale <laughs> version is wildly more interesting <laughs> than whatever Milton Bradley is putting yeah. out. Uh,
2: yeah, they. I mean, they changed it whenever they brought it over to the to Western Europe and the United States. It was changed to be more family friendly mm-hmm. and less scary for children so that's why it became shoots and ladders instead of snakes and ladders but mm-hmm.
0: yeah
1: and i think that shoots and ladders is actually like the name that milton bradley or hasbro owns the intellectual property rights on as opposed to the original the older snakes and ladders and there was probably right other names. didn't have one that I was reading about that came out of out of the old uh what was it the 13th dynasty in Egypt. And and it's essentially that you know you, you have 100 pieces or 100 spaces you have to move and you've got to get to the end. The first one to reach the end reaches nirvana. Like I said this was used as as religious instruction at one point in time sort of like Ideology indoctrination in a game for kids to play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, well, I thought I that mean, was. Real. Have you well, ever
0: played Monopoly?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and there is I, what was the uh, here? I have a list here. I want to also point out some of these boards that they have made for this game over the year. The ar- the years, the art is freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a there was a list here that ne- that mentioned. Okay, so the sins are. I'll try to do this directly into the microphone from the book because I keep on turning away. I know that makes my (laughs) audio bad when I talk. (laughs) (laughs) The sins are disobedience, impurity, vanity, theft, lying, drunkenness, usury, homicide, wrath, rebellion, greed, and desire. Now, the virtues, though, there's less virtues than there are sins. So so there's more bad things to do than good things. There's an emphasis on the negative, it seems. The virtues are trust. Kindness, self-confident, goodness, love, knowledge, mercy. And as, so I'm not sure what the last one is. It's asceticism, A A-S-C? s Asceticism. Yeah. Asceticism. I don't yeah. know what that
2: is. Asceticism means eschewing the physical mm. uh, entirely. It, it, it means that the physical world, everything in the physical world is impure in some way. And the only way to reach spiritual purity is to kind of move, remove yourself from from all of that. The problem with the ascetics historically is that they died <laughs> because they didn't <laughs> eat, they didn't drink, they didn't have sex. They, so, so they just kind of died. Um, but it was in some in some ancient. Uh, Philosophies and religious movements. This version of uh, snakes and ladders that you're talking about is very Buddhist, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. traditionally Buddhist. Um, and the idea, nirvana wasn't heaven so much as it was uh, you're escaping the continual cycle of reincarnation, of death, life, death, and rebirth. Um, the goal, the ultimate goal for a Buddhist is to achieve this sort of spiritual perfection where you get out of that and you don't come back anymore and you just rejoin the universe as part of a great spiritual consciousness
1: i'm not gonna lie when i hear stuff like this being in these games thousands of years ago i think of the kind of content and ideologies and, and ideas we put in games now that are very inspired by different places in space and other places you get you know what i'm saying there seems to be a parallel we seem to have always been adding these stories and these ideas to games at some point in time it seems like a not a new thing that we're just recently doing <laughs> right <laughs> but we do have a new game that's going to be coming out jason I, I'd like to hear, you're working on Wasted Lands, The Dreaming Age, and that should be on, uh, when does that go on Kickstarter? Is that going to be live when this comes out? or uh,
2: It might be, actually. The plan is to launch, now again, as they say, there's many a slip twixt a cup and a lip. So, <laughs> barring, barring any complications or anything going wrong, the plan is to launch it on Tuesday, uh, June 27th.
1: Okay, so that should be right oh. before this drops, and we'll have a link yeah. to it. Hopefully, it's live now.
2: <laughs> Hopefully, by the time you listen to
0: this, it's live. If not, um, just wait for it. It's yeah.
2: <laughs> go to the go to the link anyways, and you'll be able to sign up to follow it for when there it goes go. live. Yeah. So, um, "Wasted Lands." Uh, it's actually this 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 snakes and ladders, and the way it dovetailed into like ancient mythology is is a perfect segue, really, nice. to "Wasted Lands." Um, at its heart. Wasted Land started as two things. The first is a sort of D&D alternative. It uses old school mechanics, but modern design sensibilities. So you have the type of player agency that you didn't really necessarily have in in some of the old school games. Um, But the mechanics are still going to be very similar. It's not an OGL game. It uses its own terminology. That being said, it's still going to be about 99% compatible with all the other
1: dnd osr is, and or, og oh, sorry. all games yeah yeah if those you can... fantasy role-playing games that seem to have similar stats like hit points and things yes. like that so
2: uh, the biggest differences is like instead of ac we use defense value or dv instead of hit points we use vitality instead of hit dice vitality dice it's so it's a lot of terminology changes but the game will play very very familiar um so there's that and then it's very inspired by Robert E. Howard, Fritz Lieber, the the Thieves' World, the, the Aspirin Thieves' World stuff, Clark Ashton Smith Hyperborea cycle, it's it's very much that like gritty swords and sorcery mm-hmm. approach. I do, however, have an appendix in there that will let people play traditional fantasy. So if you want elves and dwarves and whatnot in your game, there's an appendix in there for that. Uh, now, what sets it apart, because that's always the question people want to ask is, well, what makes this more <laughs> than just another fantasy heartbreaker? is the mythology aspect of it. So this takes place roughly 65 million years ago. Oh, my. Uh, a millennia or two after the meteor that killed all the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. that meteor, in my setting, also shifted the orbit of the Earth, changed the stars very subtly, and sent the great old ones back into their eternal slumber. Oh. So the great old ones of Lovecraftian knowledge were, were also there in that time and and they've just been driven away the humans you play in this game are not humans they are proto-humans who were created by the great old ones as servitor species as just experimentation as just because the old ones it's what the old ones do these proto-humans have now thrown off their bonds of of servitude and moved into all of the stuff that was left behind by the old ones and taken over their cities and their nations and are kind of making their mark on the world while they contend with the surviving deep ones and serpent men and scorpion folk and all of the other ghouls and vampires and all the other nasties that were left behind. What makes this more mythological is that the characters you play will have names like Odin and Isis and Quetzalcoatl and Hecate and the stories that they undertake will, in millions of years, filter down through ancestral memory, kind of like the greatest game of telephone in history, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and become remembered as the myths and legends of old. So you're
1: playing the gods.
2: You're playing the gods, but as humans.
1: I like that. That's interesting. Um, and
2: and as, you, as you meaningfully engage with these stories uh, related in some way to your your character's quote-unquote mythology you gain what are called divine touchstones Mm -hmm. and divine touchstones are just little pieces of mystical power that kind of set you apart from other mortals Mm -hmm. um and they could be anything from a natural ability like you know a a, a, um a psychopomp might gain the ability to turn undead you know or it can be like you're playing thor and he gets milnir as part of his you know so it can be it, it can be very personal uh customizable that's the word i'm looking for the the gm will customize your divine touchstones to your character
1: and and just uh, when it comes to like picking up that that uh extra i guess powers what i'm gonna call it for lack of i, I forgot the i i missed the word you used was a
2: divine touchstones? your
1: divine touchstones. is it we're we talking like a random chart type thing or is this like as you level up you get to choose or how is that approach? a little of
2: both a little of both um, I, they are they are kind of separated out by level to help you uh, more as a tool so that you don't overpower your game. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give a first level character access to a ninth level spell, for example. Correct. You can roll randomly. It's not recommended. Mm-hmm. Uh, nor are the listed divine touchstones supposed to be your only options. So the idea is, every level here's a list of twenty possible divine touchstones that are appropriate to that level, and your you and your GM can customize those to your character or come up with entirely new ones that suit your character as you need.
1: Okay. Uh, that's, uh, I like that. That's interesting. That, that's, a, that's definitely a different approach to fantasy than what we're doing. Uh, yeah. I'm and for those
2: who for those who do know our other work at elfflare it uses the same ogres system that Night Shift Veterans of the Supernatural Wars uses. Mm-hmm. Although now with now with OGL free.
1: And I'll and we we did we did uh, I think that uh, I think I spoke to you and Tim, that I speak to you and or Tim, Tim or, yes. both, or both of both us of I us yeah at some yeah. point in time so I'll try to get the episodes those. To those where we talked about those, and you can get a little more better idea of those games uh, in LinkedIn in the show information in the show notes that'll be posted online so you can check those out.
2: Yeah. And, and if you go to my website, you'll be able to you can actually download the quick start rules for Night Shift right now. I'm hoping by the time the Kickstarter goes live, we're also going to have a set for Wasted Lands as well. If we don't, it'll be shortly after the Kickstarter launches.
1: Well, we're going to be coming close to time here soon. Before we wrap up, I've, I've promised folks that at the end of the last five minutes of every episode, we talk about something totally unrelated to gaming and strange. And I wanted to talk about hobos because we're we're calling ourselves the Hobo Collection now. And Hobo's uh, Collective. I'm sorry. Yes, the Hobo's <laughs> Collective. I can't even get our name <laughs> straight anymore. I keep go back for co-op, collective, collection.
0: I do like the idea of a hobo collection, but... Uh...
1: we collecting <laughs> hobos in the back. <laughs> oh, what's a hobo, what's a tramp, and what's a bomb? That's the question I want to ask. Is anybody familiar with those three terminologies in history? Does anybody know much about that?
2: I mean, I, I've heard of Hobo and Tramp. The other one, I'm not sure. What was the other one?
1: Bum. I think Bum probably lasted longer in popular use than the other two.
2: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, bum is definitely a definitely a derogatory term, but it, it I think it refers more to people that you would see on street corners mm-hmm. begging, begging for money or whatever. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, Hobos and Tramps, I think are very similar. Those are people that, voluntarily travel from place to place and live, uh, an aesthetic life for lack of a better term. Um, you <laughs> know, they,
1: they were highly involved in the, in the early night of oh, a hundred years ago in the 1920s and the 1910s, you watch some old Charlie Chaplin movies. You can see stuff like that. A lot of this in there. Uh, there were, the hobo, the tramp and the bum was almost considered like a tiered, um, I'd say they were very class oriented. So they were all attached to labor or lack of labor, a lack of wealth. So the hobo was 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 the the stereotype of the hobo as they would travel from town to town and look for work. The hobo was eagerly trying to find work and maybe couldn't always get that work. Whereas the tramp would work but maybe didn't want to all the time and only when they had to to eat okay and, and the tramp was kind of what like when charlie chaplin's character was called the tramp was supposed to kind of portray these types of uh these archetypes that we had in society and if you look through history we have lots of different archetypes of migratory labor especially in the united states Like there's a brassero program that brings in stuff like that but then the bum was always considered the one that didn't want to work you had to force them to work so we 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 were looking at those and and I really associated with the archetype of the hobo itself being somebody who's maybe handcraft working had to go place to place and hasn't always had a place to stay and maybe you know done work a day pay day work a lot here and there and looking at that stuff so we one of the reasons we looked at the hobo's collective for our title of our podcast was I, I like this analogy and, and, and this stratification that was created within society within our social norms of the hobo, the tramp, the bum, the brassero, et cetera, et cetera. How we we view people and it's often largely put on from the outside. Like well, that person's the bum. There's the old story. Right. Where, there's
0: right. the old
1: story where yeah. it was. Uh, go on, Dave. I mean, oh, I was just
0: uh, <laughs> I was just going to ask. Do you know uh, these these stratifications? These these uh, class based sort of titles were these things that they were putting on themselves or is this all stuff that was put on from the outside
1: I think there's an element of both so so a lot mm-hmm. of times people would describe there's that old story and I and I think it's in one of the old IWW documentaries just floating around out there where the uh where the uh the migratory worker would come knocking at the door and say hey I'm looking for food and the kid answers the door and it's, 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 it's not harvest season. They all, "That's a bomb. But when it's, when it's time for harvest, like, Oh, bring them in. That's a, that's a migrant worker. That's a, that's a, that's a hobo. That's a, that's a worker, you know, but when it's not time to be for the season to be harvest for the, the, the the fruit to be harvest and they knock at the door looking for food, like, Oh, send them away. That's a bomb. So only in that time we have use for it. So a lot of times these things were placed on others, from society as a larger whole looking down but people would kind of hold them and wear them as a badge of pride at times especially some like there was an arrangement between like wobblies and the train uh the conductor the train companies at the time where they would keep people from stealing stuff from the trains you had your red car you could ride the train for free we just protect the stuff from the train as a as an exchange so there was all these weird things going on within the the uh i guess the dynamics of it at the time and some did wear titles like hobo proudly and i think i'll do that
2: (laughs) (laughs) you know there's also an interesting gaming related element to this too because one of the common um sort of joking slurs about fantasy gamers is Mm -hmm. that you're portraying murder hobos Mm -hmm. Mm yeah so you know that element, that idea of the adventurers that just go from place to place and slaughter all of the innocent humanoids to take their stuff uh ties into the whole murder hobos angle
0: although based on uh, what logar was saying maybe they should be called murder tramps or (laughs) murder
1: well we're about out of time uh crab i'll start with you could you tell folks where they can find you online where they can check out memory and what and a little bit more while they can where they can find your stuff around there
3: yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a website, CrabDominion.com. Um, I'm at CrabDominion just about everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, uh, What's the other? whatever the other ones are, um, at CrabDominion everywhere. Um, and you can go to bit.ly forward slash memory mosh, M-E-M-O-R-Y-M-O-S-H uh, to find the Kickstarter um, and back it at the highest possible tier. You can actually get every book that I have printed right now. If you back the Kickstarter um, and you get it at like a little bit of a discount. So uh, definitely, definitely go do that.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Jason, can you tell folks where they can find you online, where they can pick up your stuff and check out some more of your other stuff and follow you or whatnot?
2: Sure thing. Um, com, All one word is the, is the website for Lflare games. You can also find me on Twitter at Elflair, Jason, TLG. Those are the two best places, I think, to find me and the easiest way for you to find links to the other places because otherwise I'm spelling out long URLs. <laughs> um, I, I did I did create a tiny URL on a bit.ly for, for the Kickstarter, but I have forgotten what they are.
1: Yeah, we'll have that all posted, and we'll make sure we get all that put in there, and you all can just, we'll be able to go over to uh, thehoboscollective.com, and we'll have a post there with everything on it. Uh, Blue, where can they find you?
0: Uh, you can find me uh pretty much exclusively these days on Instagram at that blue wizard.
1: And you can find me uh us uh, see TikTok or Twitter or Patreon. Logar Crom, and uh, check out our our blog or website is hoboscollective.com. And as always, keep those dice rolling.